0: The News of Mother Brown West Ham podcast is sponsored by 888sport.com forward slash West Ham. We had a message from Richard Grocott, uh, West Ham Way of the Week, paying for my ticket with the winnings from the KUMB pod betting offer. Lukaku to score. I wish I'd put my mortgage on it. Uh, Sadly, West Ham aren't playing this weekend, but England are. And you can get triple your odds on your first bet. To do that, all you need to do is go to 888sport.com forward slash West Ham.
1: Lanzini, what a goal.
2: West Ham with the breakthrough. That was a beautiful finish from the Argentine. De La Feo, great ball. Lukaku, this is the equaliser.
0: the knees i Round West Ham podcast we're delighted this week to be joined by a man who made 82 appearances scored five goals between 1991 and 1997 crucially one of those goals denying Manchester United the title. Ah. Welcome to the show, Kenny Brown. Lovely, thanks for having me. Mate, Kenny Brown,
2: James. The man, the man <laughs> who scored. I was watching that so many times yesterday, just that goal. Yeah. We I was going yeah, go to say,
1: you're not old enough to have actually <laughs> seen it in, in real time. Yeah, yeah.
0: Hell of a, hell of a like, uh, period of time with the club, and of course, you know, you've got West Ham literally in your blood, haven't you, with your dad?
1: Yeah, yeah obviously, dad was there for 17 years. Yeah. So, long time. Uh, only ended. It was the only club he played for. Ended up he had one year right at the end to uh, uh, Torquay, yeah. uh, with two or three ex-West Ham players that went down there. But uh, yeah, so West Ham's in the blood, and I was fortunate enough to to carry on and and obviously play for play for the club, like you say, for them uh, six seasons.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to drill into your career later on. Excited to do that. <laughs> Firstly, we should mention one all with Everton. Yeah, which we'll be talking about later on, and also, crucially, in a few moments, we're going to have a winner of the competition uh, who was who was listening to this podcast in the best place.
2: Yeah. We should also talk about the big news this week. Well, let's begin. Kieran Dyer in the jungle.
0: <laughs> Kieran, Kieran Dyer's Dyer. going really? into I'm yep, a celebrity. I'm a celebrity. I, how
2: Hell. long will he last before he gets injured? <laughs> that first bush tucker trial. <laughs> that was remarkable. And he, like he said, who sent that thing through earlier? said, like his little, um, he's like, yeah, give, I like great banter
0: and stuff. I'm like, really?
2: Maybe we just mm. never saw mm. it.
0: Yeah, K- Kieran Dyer, God. Well, hopefully, in, in like it should be like similar to his career. He should be really overpaid for that stint in first
2: I like to stir <laughs> things up. I'm a mickey taker. I'll amuse myself and have bands with everyone, and probably get injured and yeah. be, out of it, be out of it within <laughs> weeks.
0: I did a tour at St James's Park, and there was a really old dude there. I think he was like eighty years old. He was doing the tour, and he'd worked at Newcastle his whole life. And we said to him, "Who is the worst person you, you've ever kind of interacted with at Newcastle?" And he said, "Kieran Dyer." Really? Yeah. Well,
1: so look forward to see should, him. And I'm a
0: celebrity. Should be interesting. Let's get on with some feedback. Uh, we had Chalks on the on the episode last week, and he's a kind of a, a foul mouth moderator on this on the forum. We had Adam Liddell. A good podcast. You can tell what we, what week West Ham have lost. Uh, it's a week in which West Ham have lost by the length of the podcast it was obviously. short short last week uh, we had base Monkey great podcast as usual can we now have Romford on as a guest soon James you... well I
2: kept asking Romford uh, so he's in negotiations ok I'm trying to do a transfer <laughs> I'm trying to do a loan deal to get Romford up here
0: um, we also had uh, Mark Gower who tweeted in said I had to turn off the KMB pod when I heard the ridiculous statement that Sacco has been found out which I think was may have been said. Yeah, it's by not me. me. <laughs> I think it's, great. Uh, <laughs> I think it's gone yeah. What do you make of Sacco Kenny? Are you a fan? Oh,
1: massive. Yeah, yeah, massive. I think he's a, he's instrumental in the way we've started the season. Yeah, mm. definitely.
0: Mm. Interesting. All right. In other in other news, we should mention the podcast this podcast has been nominated for another award. A rather embarrassing. award. Uh, nomination f- yeah the Football Supporters Federation Awards 2015 we've made a shortlist of six up against the Anfield Rap the Football Ramble Football Weekly Graham Hunter's big interview in the Tuesday Club with Alan Davies James
2: they are big names yeah. I'm really ch- I was talking about this I'm really chuffed actually because we don't put ourselves forward for the these two awards we've been nominated for we haven't put ourselves forward for uh, and this one's come out of blue. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. And there's some big names in there. But you can vote for us. Why not? Can you, will you vote for us? <laughs> yeah. If you go to fsf.org.uk forward slash awards, you can vote for us. There's um, uh, Blind Bubbles magazine is also up for an award um, for Best Fanzine. And David's a good bloke. So
0: that's really exciting as well.
2: But yeah, vote if you can. That'd be brilliant. Yeah,
0: more awards. Embarrassing, isn't it?
2: And they're, in fact, they're, other than the Liverpool one, they are all... Generic football
0: ones, I think, which is quite <laughs> nice, which means we've got a good following and a good bunch. Yeah, absolutely. We should add there's a l- breaking news story this afternoon. A couple of weeks ago on the KMB Pod, we mentioned that there's the a story in the tunnel uh, before the Chelsea game that Mourinho had promised a, uh, uh, a signed Chelsea jersey. If West Ham were to beat Chelsea, and then Mourinho obviously got sent off, and the whole (laughs) he didn't follow up on his promise. Well, the club have reached out to Kumb and said that they're going to agree to send the mascot Mourinho promised a signed shirt to his prize. And his, the lad is called Alfie Sturgeon and his mum is Katie. So Chelsea are going to send <laughs> yeah. a oh,
2: sign of Chelsea. Yeah, that wasn't, to be fair, the club didn't reach out. Uh, Graham, <laughs> who runs KMB, has been chasing them. And I keep seeing angry tweets <laughs> so saying, we're getting we off get his, his off <laughs> <it> back. <Yeah. laughs> They're just doing it. We should also mention West Ham got fines in the... Uh, t- yeah, the fine came out tonight. today. forty grand for failing control players against Chelsea. And Chelsea got fifty grand. Having watched that bat a few times, I can't see what we were fined
0: for. Yeah, It seems... Ridiculous. Kenny, do you feel the FA have got it in for us a little bit?
1: <sighs> I think whenever something like that comes up, you always have a look. But um, this, I just think there's something wrong with the whole process. Mm. Um, you know, going back to last season when Martin Noble got sent off, and you know, ridiculous sending off, and suddenly we get fined again for reacting to to that uh, situation. And like you say, there's just I don't think there's there's any common ground, and forty grand. Is it really going to make any difference yeah. to a club? Especially
2: Chelsea 50
1: grand. You if know, you look at the,
2: remark- yeah. the difference between the reactions, yeah. they were like haranguing the ref. Yeah. We were all a bit more like, what's going on? <laughs> no,
1: yeah. I know. Yeah, even... that was more <laughs> of the. Listen, you don't condone groups that are chasing a referee like you've had in the past. No. I think that's what they've tried to stamp out. Mm. But actually, looking at a decision that obviously was wrong. Um and you like you say, it's more of like an amusement, you know, how yeah. did you give that? Yeah. You know, and trying to explain stuff and but obviously they've seen it a different way.
0: Yeah bad times um, right now it's time to conclude the hammers listening around the world we asked you to tweet in pictures where you were listening all over the world to the podcast and we're delighted to say we've got a short list we'll run through the ones we've got in the last week uh, begin with Gopal Gotham and he runs the kiosk uh, inside Upton Park Station James I don't know if you've got that
2: yeah he's, a, he's uh, it, Essentially, right, that's quite exciting. Joe, because when I was a kid, I don't know how old he is, I suspect he's not as old as that, but when I was a kid, that was always really exciting, because like, you got the programme from that little kiosk inside mm. the station, and it's got a little West Ham memorabilia, anywhere has got West Ham memorabilia that you always remember really fondly, uh, and he listens inside the kiosk, and uh, so everyone, when you go through, say hello, gopal say hello, <laughs> gopal
0: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, inside the Upton Park station, kiosk, listen to the show. What's
2: he going to do when we move?
0: Is he going to move to Stratford, move More. his kiosk to Stratford? <laughs> you'd hope so yeah I hope so uh, so we've got a few more coming Geoff Hammond aka the Hong Kong Hammond listening in to Turks and Caicos which is an island just a few miles north of Dominican Republic there Kenny that looks alright isn't it a nice bit of blue sky yeah Need a bit of flash it's on, not really thing. what you want to be seeing though. In November, <laughs> <laughs> in the
3: rain, yeah, pissing <laughs>
0: We had Ian Sherman outside the green screen, Green Street complex in downtown Houston. There, there he is nice Green Street reference, very good. Lovely road. Uh, we had Joe Latimer in the molecular biology lab in Leeds. That's there, he is. That's a bit scary, mm. bit breaking bad esque. There, lots of it chemicals knocking about. Meth. <laughs> 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 we also had uh, Tom Wilkins on a building site next to the Sydney High Bridge. Look at that, he's got his own West Ham hard hat. Yeah,
2: he's got oh, a touch of uh Jon Snow from Game of Thrones there. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he's got, he's got the beard for the role, should they ever look yep. to recast it. Also had uh <laughs> Paul Burton listening opposite the Tokyo Tower in Tokyo. And he's ladies away shirt over his balcony looking good there. Love it. We also had uh Tim Elliott running the New York Marathon there. There he That's is. He impressive. listened to that. Yeah. So he listened to the Stuart Slater podcast while running the New York Marathon. So we've decided this Tim Elliott is, the, is in the final. He's in the final. For you for you to Run decide, So Marathon. remember so by, one. this. So he's at how many one have we, in we got in the side. final? We're gonna have three. We're gonna have three. three. Uh, we also had Casey uh, we had Casey Watson who plays bass in the old firm Casuals and he was listening in the Bay Area San Francisco there. Looking nice. Nice bit of blue sky. And then we also had uh, John Powell listening at Grand Central Station, which is pretty impressive. Yep. Yeah. So, the finalists, we've got Tim Elliott, as we said. Kenny. New York Marathon. New York Marathon. Also in the final, Christopher D.R. Blythe, who is the Crawley Town mascot. Reggie. Listening. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie the mascot. <laughs> before we go in getting ready. And then Simon Cook who is a pilot for a major airline <laughs> <laughs> listening while in the air so Kenny do we know what airline? Uh, yes we do we're we do. not, allowed, oh, we're to not say. allowed to say <laughs> 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 so there's
2: well, the three and he's yeah. even made a little sign
0: yeah he's even made a little sign so Kenny with a bit of a drum roll who has won the competition the, the listener for me the it's got faith. to be the,
1: the, uh, the marathon mana the marathon brother Tim
0: Elliott yeah, wins Tim. the prize there you go as decided by Ken Brown and I'm delighted to reveal the prize is a KUMB podcast mug which we're bringing up well, shortly you can't buy in shops <laughs> he, must be, <laughs> he buzzing. must be I mean it's almost worth running the New York Marathon for that prize just for that yeah so uh, well like done smile off his face well done Tim Elliott for, for winning the New York that's Marathon that's better than a medal yeah
2: put a medal for- around it like when we send it out Put a, put a medal next just <laughs> yeah, send a picture I've just realised
0: if he's running the New York Marathon he might be in New York and that's a lot of postage
2: yeah have a whip round <laughs> wow. uh, a special mention actually to John Pipe who we missed last week uh, he's sent a picture of him having a cuppa in his West Ham mug at sea on an FPSO 50 no idea what that is no FPSO 50 miles off northwestern Australia uh, that's pretty good John Pipe has a few hammers on that, on that ship yeah. I mean, that might, might be an oil rig
0: yeah it is an oil rig FPSO
2: man. yeah it is yeah. an oil rig how do you know what FPS means Because <laughs> I think he's There you go. S- yes, and a, also a special mention to uh, Dan Herbs for constantly listening and and stealing other people's Wi-Fi whilst <laughs> travelling around Australia to listen. <laughs> Very good. Uh, but thank you, everyone who did that. That's brilliant.
0: Yeah. So if you want to win a, a KMV podcast mug, here's the next prize. Over the next few weeks, we're asking you to keep an eye out for West Ham players and tweet us up or email in whenever you see a West Ham player at large, and it could be any era, Kenny Brown senior. <laughs> era or even Kenny Brown's Seniors era wherever you see them, PC World the A13, Barking Roundabout you name it, if you see a West Ham player somewhere around the world, let us know the best sighting, and I think the context might really lend itself to this for example, you see Samasiabu in uh, Curry's,
2: no driving a cab in, was <laughs> we should say uh, Twist and Shout, who's been on here before send us a picture of uh, Kuyate at Westfield, one of you in Westfield Oh, you don't know that. I thought that's where you got <laughs> the idea from.
3: No,
2: no. <laughs> well, there you go. have uh, got so no a He looks very tall and thin, which he is. Uh, so, there you go. So, that's the first one, one around Westfield.
0: Brilliant. All Twist right. And shout. Thanks, man. Well, get in touch with the show, and here's how you can do exactly that. Get in touch with the show. Email us at podcast at KUMB.com.
1: Join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag KUMBPod. Or, why not follow us? Chris is at CJ Skull with a c james is at longas one and graham editor of kumb is at kumb.com if you're on facebook be sure to join the
0: kumb group for all the latest news and gossip there's also the kumb forum for all kinds of chatter simply go to kumb.com and click forum finally join the kumb podcast mailing list Click this podcast link on KUMB.com and sign up for exclusive content from the studio and be the first to know about upcoming live shows. Come on, you Irons. So, West Ham versus Everton at the weekend. I guess we should be happy with a point given that we haven't beaten Everton uh, in the league in 15 attempts. Last win coming April 2007, courtesy of Bobby Zamora goal. Um, Kenny, was it a fair result in the end?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you, from what I watched and the, you know, the feedback you get from the papers and and speaking to mates that went to the game, yeah, there you obviously want to be winning your home games, and building on the, the obviously the away form that's so so good at the moment, um, but Everton are a decent, and uh, I think any point you're picking up, it's just one more you know for, on mm. the on the on the uh, for the bigger picture.
0: Yeah, um, Manuel Lanzini, James, what? A what minute. a goal! pretty good right what a, like a remarkable goal
2: he looks class <laughs> yeah. he looks absolute class yeah yeah he was brilliant goal It was. we were buzzing actually it was such it was one you know so well taken um, and deserved at that time it's a shame we couldn't go on to get a, get a second but we played well it was a good you know what it was two good teams battling out and I liked yeah. that about the match I actually came mm. out of that match going that was enjoyable it was a fair result um, I was really disappointed. I know we're going to play. I was really disappointed by that. But generally, uh, I thought it was a really cracking match, and it shows how far we've come because Everton are a th- constant thorn on our side, and we, we went we slugged it out with them, and we're, we're
1: good. We're good. Mm. So we played well. I think it's nice that you're, you're actually coming away from games enjoying it. I think that that factor sort of uh, wasn't particularly there over the last couple of seasons <laughs> mm. for whatever reason. Um, but and not just the result. You know, it's good that you you can come away from a draw. Yeah, disappointed, but actually you've seen a good game of football. And exactly what you say, two very good teams, you mm. know, on form. I I to take from that that you're not a massive fan of Sam Allardyce? No, Allardyce. I, I think he was fine, you know, and obviously done exactly what they asked. Mm. Uh, got us up, uh, kept us up. But I think that there was a... You always looked for something a little, little bit more. And whether he was... Wasn't prepared to go that way, or whether he just didn't, you know, didn't know how to. Mm. And I think it was probably the right change for both him and, and the club. And then it was a case of, you know, who they're bringing in, and obviously Slaven's hit the hit the floor running. Um, and you've got to look at managers. A lot of it is down to their recruitment, and you look at the players they've brought in, and you know they've all just adapted so quickly and so mm. well. I'm sure it's even been a surprise for, for Slaven. But uh, it's been brilliant, and and that's why people would, you know, people want to talk about West Ham for the right reasons, and they want to go and watch them. So mm. uh, it's it's good times.
0: Yeah, and uh, when you typically watch West Ham play Everton, James uh, Romelu Lukaku typically scores, doesn't he? Yeah, that's uh, seven. Is it seven, seven. consecutive games? Yeah, it's, yeah, And I was
2: speaking to an Everton fan at work, and he was saying he didn't rate him. <laughs> like today, it's going. He didn't rate. Surprise, he scored, but it was, just seems so predictable. It was a. We've been punished. So many times this season from individual mistakes. Mm. Like every time it happens, there's, you know, last week as Tomkins and Carroll both make a mistake and they score. Uh, Payet lost a ball and it was a great through ball to Lukaku that split our defence. But again, an individual mistake cost us. You know, Cresswell against Bournemouth. We, every time we make it a, a defensive error, we, they seem to con- uh, we seem to concede. It's really unfortunate because, you know, I think we probably just shaded it. Um, but it was a great ball and, you know, and, a, and a calm finish but that man can score
0: against us oh, but you're house team. on it yeah um, a quick word on Dimitri Payet obviously horror tackle Kenny by James McCarthy yeah. he's got ankle ligament damage now we understand he's out for three months I mean firstly the tackle that was a horror tackle right
1: <laughs> yeah I think you'd, I mean you'd look at it and yeah he's taking the ball but you know the way he's gone about it and to to not get punished for it and and obviously the worst part is that we're going to be missing him for mm. you know like you say for three months and for a player that's been so influential and, and you know been really the, the focus focal point of the team um, it'd be a big miss but there's you know there's players waiting in the wings waiting for their chance and he might have to well he will have to have to maybe change the, the personnel around a little bit and and who knows you know it might suit us going forward mm but like you say it's an awful challenge yeah
0: I mean do you think like the FA obviously he got a yellow card for that and that means he won't escape further punishment I mean is the system broken where that's happening it's
2: ridiculous you should just just, those rules are so dumb Mm. if it's a bad challenge it's a bad challenge it shouldn't be whether you get yellow on the day or whether the ref sees it or whatever it should just be punished he knew exactly what he was doing like Payet We've been playing really well. Payet was, you know, causing all kinds of problems. A player like McCarthy knows exactly what he's going to do. He's going to take him out. It was a scissor challenge. It looked horrible. You know, you can't always see it, but it looked horrible from where we were. When you watch it back, you can see he's brought the other leg round. It's an unacceptable challenge. Mm. And, you know, it's taken Payet off. Why he came back on, I'm not sure. But maybe we thought he could run it off. It's taken him out of the game they scored just after that challenge it took him out of the game it stopped our momentum Payet's out for three months I think it I think it's disgraceful how they can't punish it and I don't like seeing it from you know if a West Ham player does it I don't like seeing it either so it's not Mm. like I'm being biased I just don't think uh, that should be allowed anymore and there should be a way to stop it Mm. and also he was you know in the second half he was smirking to our fans because they were giving him abuse he knew exactly what he was doing
0: where do you stand on that Kenny?
1: Um, well look unless you any opposition will obviously do their homework on on West Ham Mm. and a a big part of that will be how do you stop you know someone like Mm. Payton and yeah there will be if there's ever a chance you've got you know go go through him and Mm. I think that that was obviously the case and like you say straight afterwards they go and score we then, you're losing him for three months you know it's more than just a result there's it's now the knock-on effect mm. and it's disappointing especially when you see you know yellow cards now dished out for for nothing uh, encroachment and yeah. little silly little things and then you get the same punishment for, for a tackle like that so mm. you just it's just not you know, there's no consistency, anything. Yep. Mm.
2: That was that was, was disappointing. We don't generally moan about the ref on here. I think only once this season I've been disappointed with ref. The ref was so weak. There were challenges. Moses had a cracking game, actually, in the first half, and he kept destroying their left back. And twice, he was taken out right on the edge of the area, and nothing happened. You know, he got free kick, free kick, no yellow card. And it just kept happening. And throughout the match, the ref just seemed... And for both teams, you know, he didn't help either team. But he was just a weak ref. And you just think, if he had stopped early doors with one of those, you know, one of those tackles with a yellow card, then it's going to stop other people doing it. And I, I, I like a good challenge. Yeah. I like a big challenge, you know. I'm not... I used to play centre-back <laughs> I love a big challenge, <laughs> but it's like you know, it's, you've got to draw a line you've got to be consistent when you book Zavarte I think later on for nothing you think well I don't understand why that's come and you've let everything oh. else go mm-hmm. McCarthy probably should have seen well you definitely should have seen Red and you think he's just let it slide and he's that he shouldn't. he's not a consistent referee and he was so weak and so appalling mm. and that's why you lose faith in it and generally I think the refs have been good this season so I don't mean the whole system but I just thought he was really really poor
0: um, a quick word on the actual injury itself. So Payette played on for five minutes, Kenny. You know? Obviously, his ankle lig- ligament longer, damage. Because he
2: came on for second half. Yeah,
0: he did. He came on. I mean, so what's happened there, do you think, for him to like... Have they just asked him, or would they be cautious? Or
1: Well, yeah, they, they probably... He's come off, obviously. They, they'll have a look at it, and you're going to gauge it from the player. And he's obviously desperate to, <coughs> to carry on playing. Yeah. They've probably tried him. Maybe he's he's loosened up, and and it's... you you don't know whether he'd done any more damage to it in that period of time which is why he's out for three months where Mm. he could have been less time you don't know you'd like to think not you'd like to think the medical team Mm. have have, sort of said well he can't do any more damage let's see what it's like and obviously it wasn't right but um, normally if you get an injury that keeps you out for that length of time when you go down and go off you you tend to stay off yeah is it kind of is it kind of his fault at all did he misread I mean is yeah, it no easy idea. to tell He's when you've guessing. got that kind of injury not really not your, because you, initially there's a, there's a pain especially mm. with your ankle ligaments is that you, you can roll them and you know we've all done it I think where you just roll you, you catch it even if you're out mm. running or walking you just step on a curb and you just suddenly jolt your ankle and you think oh yeah that's sore but I'll carry on and you it's okay it's normally the next day where it's stiff and but it's okay and it's probably, it might have been a case of well like it's maybe not as bad as we think it is mm. um, obviously you're just surmising but there'd have to be a reason like that for them to, for them to go back on the pitch really
0: yeah. yeah we should say as well like West Ham and injuries they've never really been able to gauge correctly how long someone's going to be out for like Andy Carroll in particular they say he's out for a month and he's out much longer and then we've also had cases I think Valencia might have been one where we thought he would be out for ages and he came back sooner is it I mean, we're trying to gauge how long someone's out with an injury. Is it just random? I mean, can you it ever t- really
1: tell? To be honest, things like this and Twitter and Facebook doesn't help because everybody <laughs> yeah. wants that answer. How long's he out for? And obviously our owners and, and are very uh, apt at, at coming out and being forthright and uh, very accommodating. And sometimes it isn't maybe the right thing to do. Um, tend You want to just keep quiet. When they're back, they're back. We don't like... Oh, when you're inside a club you don't like putting a timescale on anything because it just gives you you always look on the worst case scenario that's how you normally go out so if someone's you're looking at maybe getting them back four or five weeks you'll say it's going to be seven weeks hmm. so you're giving yourself that that time bit of buffer yeah but hmm. like you say it can be frustrating because you hear oh he's back in two weeks why isn't he back and then it just sort of it creates another uh, you know avenue of questioning and what's going on there mm. and then he breaks down again so he's off for longer like you say, I think the Andal Carroll one was which went on over a period of time yeah. last season and they kept putting they kept putting a time scale on it and really they should, should have just they could have just left it alone
2: Yeah, it's funny yeah. It's West Ham injuries we had Ian Pearson here the other week and he was saying yeah. how was his, his leg was broken and he was out shopping or something. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor That's called up, his, doctor yeah. doctor called up and said, <laughs> where are you? He goes, he goes I'm just, just out by the tube. And he goes, stop walking, get in a cab. Yeah, <laughs> he, was getting, he, <laughs> was he was getting the, the tube, wasn't he? was getting wasn't he, the yeah. tube. <laughs> and, getting and then the Jack tube. Collison was a really good article on in, uh, Independent this week saying how... He felt that he was rushed back because he didn't want a long-term. The doctor didn't want a long-term injury on his hands. So he felt yeah, like he cool. was, was a really good.
1: Those, in, yeah, and, it was a good interview. I read that as well. Yeah. but things like that, obviously, you don't want the. You know, that's just wrong. Yeah. Mm. You know, and, and again, it's just you hope that you, they're getting looked after in the right way and they're doing it for the for the players' benefit. Yeah, I feel
2: mm-hmm. Andy Carroll hasn't been rushed back this week. At this time, that's what we should say yeah it took it took a while to for him to get back into training they haven't rushed song back either so maybe
1: nice no, credit to the, yeah, credit, credit to the club and song yeah.
2: is hopefully back soon so we lose payette we get song that's yeah it's not bad uh
0: it's almost like a new signing isn't it song yeah, like, yeah. You kind of forget about him but yeah big sign when he returns it's time for other people to step up uh, the needs of Mother Brown West Ham podcast is sponsored by eight 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 sport dot com forward slash West Ham England away to Spain this weekend James yes I didn't even know they
2: were playing Spain this weekend yeah. I'm at England France next week <laughs> we're filming on the pitch oh yeah,
0: yeah. half time drop that in <laughs> yeah, TV's Rob Beckett and uh, <laughs> do you suppose that uh, England will win?
2: Uh, against France who knows I don't know it's a kind of meaningless
0: friendly yeah. <laughs> at an awkward stage of a season well, that nobody needs it could be meaningless but it wouldn't be meaningless if you had a bet on it and what better place to be placing <laughs> your bet than com forward slash West Ham where you get triple the odds on your first bet com forward slash West Ham cool well Kenny Brown 82 appearances <laughs> five goals as we said earlier between 1991 and 1997 well,
2: maybe more goals
1: if you want to add a couple in um...
0: as we said you know, your, your West Ham story starts long before you played your first game your dad uh, played his last game for West Ham in the same year you were born uh, your dad was there 14 years he won the Cup winners Cup and the FA Cup so I mean how much was West Ham in your life like, before you started playing like, as a kid for example.
1: well massive um you know, in them days, players did stay around for a long time, and but there, there was a there was a group of players. Um, you know, they're all local players, all local lads, all mixed well, and even now, I mean, the nice thing is that even when we I went back, and you know I was playing at, when Dad eventually was at Norwich, and I came up through the youth team there. Whenever you played West Ham, you know the, they'd come up and speak to you because you had the the same people working at the club when dad was there and obviously in his time as a manager he'd frequently go back there whether it was for you know games against the team he was with or he was watching games Mm. and you know there was a real family um, atmosphere in the club and it was it was it was really nice obviously we lived local and even when dad moved and the family moved to Bournemouth with John Bond, so and again that link with West mm. Ham, and then we we all moved up again to Norwich, and again there was a good link there with Martin Peters going there, Graham Padden So you had the, the you, there was always that link with West Ham, mm. and it was nice, and you know something I'm I'm obviously proud of, but it, it's nice to go back and and have people speak well of your dad, uh, which was you know I'm, I'm immensely proud of that yeah I mean growing up did
0: you, you must have met the likes of Bobby Moore, I presume like
1: yeah, and um it was nice it was uh, probably a little bit later on as well, well when I was at Plymouth as well, with Malcolm Musgrove was the physio down there, so again, there was that link and yeah. whenever, and when I did eventually sign for West Ham uh, and Bill was manager every morning, there was a there'd always be players ex players in and around the club obviously Ronnie Boyce was there so that era of da- that era of when dad was there I got to know sort of a lot of the a lot of the same players as, as when dad played mm-hmm. and again it's that generation but they just commanded so much respect because of the way they carried themselves and and Bill was very much the same mm-hmm. in that old school mode and uh when you came in, like I say, you had Ronnie Boyce, you had Tony Carr there and it was a real, you felt, you were coming home, you yeah. felt really comfortable mm-hmm. in the in the environment and like I said, every time you went into training, especially on a Friday, there'd be, you know, three, four ex-players all sitting around the table having a, having a cup of tea, having sure. dinner, you know, and they'd all be saying hello and having a chat and it, it was nice. Ernie Gregory as well there who obviously played with dad for many years, was still goalkeeping coach, you know, at West Ham. Mm-hmm. So, the link was still there, uh, and it was nice to be to be part of that. Um, mm. You know, it was a nice, nice stage of my career anyway.
0: Yeah, I'm, did any of those old players like ever watch you training or something, and 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 see maybe some of your dad in you? Was it ever <laughs>
1: spook? Was it ever spooky for them? Like? Not really. They always said he was a better player than me, <laughs> which I which I I agree totally. <laughs> um but I think the biggest thing, because he was a centre-half, he could head a ball, mm. you know, and especially talking to people like Ronnie Boyce and um, Peter Braybrook and and Ernie Gregory always said, yeah, cool, your dad was a good player, you know, and it's nice to hear, you know, it is mm. nice to hear. Um, but no, they never compared me to him. <laughs> um <laughs> so
0: yeah but so so just before you 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 joined west ham you were at norwich and plymouth and obviously your managers your old man right so yeah. i mean how so how was that relationship
1: well again it was came up through norwich where we moved up there and and dad was assistant manager to mm. to john bond and john left to to go to man city and dad was offered the, the, the you know the manager's job at norwich uh and in them days you didn't have like it is now the academies going in at under 9 and yep. you know going all the way through you literally just went in you had day release at under 15 or sorry under 16 then you went in the youth team and that was it uh, I was fortunate enough to you know t- to go through the system so I was in the youth team there and had some good players that went on and had good careers as well in my youth team and uh, you then went through to the reserves first thing so there was a there was a smooth transition between all the phases Mm. really um very unlike today so yes dad was manager there and looking back it was the best thing ever but yeah he's your harshest critic Mm. um but i always felt that i tried to sort of earn my right to be there i always felt i had to Mm. rightly or wrongly and so you'd do that a little bit more not as in training wise but helping out and moving goals and collecting balls mm-hmm. you know you didn't walk you went and done them because I know that that's what he would expect me to do Yeah, mm. and um, you know it put me in good stead for the you know for my career really so uh, and also I knew knew how he played I knew how he wanted us to play ball on the floor and, and playing enjoying it and it was the same at Norwich as it was at Plymouth or mm. Plymouth is was the same as Norwich mm. so yeah I enjoyed my times there
0: yeah and then 1991 Billy Bonds gets wind that you
1: Bonzo. might be might be looking for a club, or well, they're certainly in need at the time. Rugs, right, I think we had a few injuries. Yeah, loads of injuries. It was just a chance meeting. Dad met, met Bill, I believe it was at a game, uh, and he asked how I was, and he said, "Oh, he's he's out of contract." I'd just one played a year at Plymouth, been there three seasons, loved it there in the old second division. So you know the championship now, and um, but purely wanted to move away because of the distance. It was you know it is a long way, so came away and but in them days just because your contract ended you couldn't just get up and go you were still there if they offered you the equivalent of what you were on you were you were stuck at the club that was mm. it so my contract had finished I'd refused the the contract purely for them reasons and so I went back pre-season there nothing had happened and then last day the chance meeting and he said would he do you think he'd come up want to come up here on loan so I literally got the phone call I think on the Thursday I was out for something to eat with, with another player I came up on the Friday uh, trained and then we had the um, the Makita tournament at Highbury and like got smashed all over the place in, in <laughs> them games but loved it and it was yeah. literally Saturday we played we played Sampdoria on the Saturday got beat 6 and then we played Panathinaikos on the Sunday I think we won on penalties mm. so it wasn't too bad but um that was my introduction to West Ham and it was just, you know, it was surreal really and then like you say, because of the injuries we had a lot of, uh, more defensive wise, I Mm. think uh, Gailey was out, Alvin was out, Timmy Breaker was out and you sort of looked and went, you know, I was just filling a gap but I thought, you know, even if I get, just play pre-season here, it's great and uh, ended up starting the season because the injuries didn't clear up so in, in, you know, going back to injuries with Payette, yeah. you know, if we hadn't had, had that injuries I probably wouldn't have signed for West Ham yeah. yeah. So I came in and started the season okay, we don't done all right. And then I believe they asked for another month on loan and Plymouth turned it down. I said you either buy him or and Bill said okay, we'll buy him and it went to a tribunal. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. I literally I think the last game we had a midweek game and Bill it was gonna be my last game. Uh, the last game was a Saturday and we played Villa on the, on yeah. the mid where and I ended up scoring and um, but before the, and then before the Saturday game literally pulled me in and put a little bit of paper to me said look that's what we can offer you um, you know we've agreed with Plymouth that we're going to sign you and that was it yeah so there was no no case of negotiating <laughs> and wasn't Straight into it. it was yeah listen love it yeah and uh, and that was it that was my the start of it all
0: yeah it's funny making your day you sat saturday 17th of august 1991 against luton number mm-hmm. 1 in the charts everything i do i do it for you Brian adams <laughs>
1: well, well, I didn't know that. Was that going through um, your mind? Yeah. Is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. that
0: in your head, is it? Come out the tunnel? Um, That's what I used so to play. It's just pretty Bubbles. So that early period, <laughs> your early period at West Ham was a loan. Obviously, you're playing for your life, right? Because you, you want that contract
1: that eventually came. Uh, very much so. Initially, you're thinking, look, it's a loan. Yeah. Go and play. Um, but once you step foot in the... You know, mm. you've got to think that, yeah, Norwich is a good club. Um, Plymouth... Big club for for down there mm. and and really liked it there, but when you walk into a place like West Ham and you are going to Chadwick and know the history and and obviously the background of them dad being there, you know it blows you away and you're going into Upton Park and like the old, you, you everything was right. You felt that yeah you're a proper football club here. Mm. And um, after a while it didn't really hit home to me that you know if they didn't agree to you know that could have been my last game on that Saturday. Uh, it was that it could easily have yeah. been my last set, and I would have gone back to Plymouth, and that would have been yeah. it. So, fortunately enough, you know, they saw enough in me to to keep me.
0: Yeah, um, some characters in the team that year, uh, including one man we wanted to talk about because we've only had two people refuse to come on this podcast: Jeremy Kyle and Colin Foster. <laughs> you played with Colin Fuzzy. Foster. I don't yeah. know what you know about Jeremy Kyle, but in terms of Colin Foster,
3: is it is difficult? Did he man?
2: give any you, reasons why? Why? I, he didn't, he, I think he no, said we asked, I asked him to call in, and he and he said um, he just said no. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> he's quite, he he quite polite. Yeah. Was like, I mean, yeah. yeah, No, he was, he was, he was, he was very dry. The, yeah. good, good sense of humor. Well, Nice, very dry, and he was. um, But he came in, yeah. Like you say, we had some real characters in there. Mm, But uh, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't want to come in. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) What about in terms of other
0: characters? Tim uh, Breaker was Breaker. Lovely
1: man. Yeah, yeah, like smashing bloke, and obviously I was playing. I came in as a right back, and he was a right back. Mm. um, But I think we started off the season as. Uh, playing with three at the back, and he was one of them, and I was sort of a wing back, and but got on really well with t- all of them. You know, there wasn't one player there you came in, and it was just you were so you were so welcomed. Yeah, and I remember going pre-season, and we had South End pre-season. And the talk was more about going to tots afterwards. Yeah, the <laughs> and it was tots. Frank and Bish, and yeah. you thought, you thought, going, yeah, you're yeah, brilliant. You know, I'm thinking, oh, I really want to get a contract here. I want to do well. And <laughs> Don't want to go to tots. That, no, and I'm thinking, <laughs> but then again, you know, I, I want to be with the lad. I want to yeah, get in, yeah. so I'm, I'm sort of accepted into the group. And uh, and that was it. And then you realise that, that... And it, was, it wasn't it was just a handful. It was nearly everyone. It was the yeah. whole team ended up going out. You'd go out for drinks. You'd go out for something to eat. Not so much something it? to eat. More the drink.
2: Who was the uh, real rabble rouser? Who was the one who was pushing it? Bish?
1: Yeah, Bish just <laughs> loved... But he just loved life. you know. He, and love he just loved life. And there was yeah. no... And I, I don't think he's no different now. He's just... A, someone who you want to spend time with mm. and such a good footballer yeah and yeah. you know I, I think maybe people that look back m- might not remember you know but when you played with him you realize how good he was and when you had the likes of Kevin Keane yeah. Stuart Slater um you know Martin Allen there was some it was, a, it was some good players yeah, in there some good names some, and yeah. some good chara- real good yeah. characters and then obviously I think a year later monkey came on board so yeah. it just feeling
0: fine and it, and it all went downhill from there yeah. <laughs> always <laughs> um, naked
2: everyone who comes on has a Monker story yeah exactly
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah and then you know again and taken away I haven't even mentioned Julian who was yeah. at the time was injured mm. was just coming back from his knee injury mm. um, but massive character massive part of the club and the dressing room
0: yeah um, I know so in terms of your debut season Kenny obviously there's one night that everyone talks about uh, United at home <laughs> uh, we reference it at the top I mean Magical night right Under the floodlights Upton Park The atmosphere crackling And you get the winner Deny United the title
1: Yeah It was a strange was so night so angry about it Yeah <laughs> Oh don't know. So, this is the thing they're, they're, um, We used to have Little cubby holes I've told people this And like at the training ground They put them up And it was for your mail And you know There'd be four five us Who just didn't get any mail we just didn't get any and you know Frank would have loads yep. and Bish would have loads and you know you'd always have a laugh gun. are you sure have they got the address are you sure <laughs> you know they're not putting them in different pigeonholes? and then it was after that game and suddenly I started getting a few but they're all from Leeds United fans <laughs> you know and it was it was quite quite weird but no yeah that night was was again it was a funny season because we had the Bond scheme mm. So there was a lot, lot going on, yeah. and but like you said, the the night games, yeah, they're good now. But before, before the new stands were there, they were re- they were electric, mm. and I think that that night, it yeah, I think Alex Ferguson said it was obscene the way we sort mm. of worked, and and it was true. You know, everything we just seemed to really didn't want. We didn't want to get beat that night, and. Yeah, it was too little, too late. Mm. Great to you know be in that where people still talk about it. You think what was it twenty odd years ago? Mm. And still people mention it, which is great. Mm. Um, but then they they tend to forget that. Literally yeah, three days later, we were relegated, and we yeah. you know we we're in the, you know we've dropped down a division. So
2: yeah. when that ball bounced out, that's pretty quick reaction. The yeah. <laughs> commentator suggested was, you didn't know anything about it no <laughs> rubbish
1: <laughs> I've, had it all, watching, I've had it all I've had it all I
2: watched it yesterday he suggested
1: he, yeah. not sure, he says well, like, I'm did, not sure how much he knew I've about it. I've read stuff it's he, he, come off his knee and gone into an empty net and it was funny because after the game Bill came up and said they want to know did you mean it and I went come on Bill <laughs> No. <laughs> you know. And then obviously the next, the presser was, well, was a fluky guy. I went, Bill, you've killed me. Went, Why don't you say it? I did. But I actually did. It was, a, like you said, I was coming in. It was a, trying to catch up the play because I think Stuart Slater took the ball. Yeah, Kenya took yeah. the ball. And he was ahead of everyone. So it was a case of just trying to get... Because I was playing right midfield that yeah. day. So trying to get into the box, trying to get up. And the adrenaline is still going. Yeah. I think it was midway through the second half. And but when he's, I think it was Gary Pallister cleared it, you literally, because it was going so quick, there was nothing you could do and all I'd done was up, literally open my foot up Yeah. and that could have gone, yeah, it could have gone anywhere but like, just like any shots, yeah. you know, yeah, you can, but you're putting it back into a direction yeah. and, you know, fortunately enough, it flew in, you know, and it flew into a corner. It yeah. could easily just gone into his hands or it could have gone over yeah. or it could have hit someone and no one would have been talking any <laughs> wiser but yeah. it was, de- it but I know for a fact uh, it come off right in the middle of my foot
2: yeah, it's a sweet definitely spot. didn't come off my shin <laughs> yeah, it, it, actually when you watch it back it was a really good move because it started in our but, penalty box
1: it was from their corner I think yeah. Ludo, Ludo pulled off like he, like he usually did against Man United but that night it was unbelievable and I think Mark Hughes had a, a scissor kick and he got down low and, and saved it That was, and then the, we yeah. broke from yep. that corner yeah and so you had that at one end, and literally 30 seconds we later, weather. we've we've gone up the other end. And scored. I think yeah, I think mm. when
2: out's Kevin Keane, then yeah. Stuart Slater, yeah. Then in, and then came back to you. The only bit, yeah, it's I mean, it, like it was at a pace. If you watch yeah, it back, it's a, that was a hell of a move. It was. probably attacking, you know. And you look at the,
1: you look at the pitch as well. It was like mud. Yeah. And you just think actually, you know, we didn't actually do too bad on that. No. On services like that in them days. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't
2: watch the whole match, but it's like I think Alvin Martin missed a bit of a sitter for a header yeah, up the yeah other he, he up did the yeah, he missed a yeah, yeah. yeah. proper That's sitting true, yeah. he just follows him back as he runs back he's just shaking his head <laughs> yeah. proper like he's like a free header
1: yeah. yeah. but I think it was more you know they were obviously they were going for the title everyone yeah. was expecting them to just come in and, cool and win and then they, I think they had they had the game on a Saturday that was a run of the mill home game that they were going to win and that, they would have won the title did any of
2: their players say anything to you afterwards
1: well, it was yeah, it was weird because uh, I was at Norwich with Steve Bruce, Mickey Phelan, yeah. who were obviously in the same team as me at Norwich, and, and Dad had bought had bought them, so there was a bit of hissing. If ever team I wanted at the time, you know, you're looking at the, your old teammates and people who you, you respect. And, yeah, you know, I'd love you to win the title, but Steve Bruce was the one after the game. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, and was, and it was a case of can't believe it, and you sort of came in. But you didn't even, because all you're thinking about is you. You're not thinking that it's going to cost them the title or anything like that. It's more that we've won and, you know, can we go on? But obviously, last like night, couple of days later, then you're back down to reality and losing at yeah, North County. I think t- we t- it was yeah. Yeah. Before
2: we move on, Steve Bruce held that against us because when we got relegated, when Birmingham relegated, his Birmingham relegated us actually. When it was up against Bolton, I remember him saying before a match, "I'd love West Ham to go down."
1: Yeah, that would be it. Because yeah, because that, that, that was the seat. first. Yeah. They wanted to, yeah. you know, it would have been the first time they won it and. Fergie it's obscene <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> um, it's
0: amazing so I mean on that like you say great result against United great performance but we end up going down that season finishing bottom I mean what do you think went wrong for that <laughs> to happen I mean we we could pull a performance like that out of the bag but yet
1: still finish bottom we started alright we actually started the season okay but there was times where we were, were we good enough to stay up don't know um probably games that we really didn't perform when we threw I remember looking back and there was there was certainly home games that we were naive and quite cheap mm-hmm. to play against and, you know, we sort of probably we went down for listen, you don't you finish bottom for a reason. You know, you you're not good enough. And I think as a squad we probably weren't good enough. Um and unfortunately, that, sometimes it's, it's like that. I mean, when, when they got promoted, because I came in, they won the they won the the old or the the second division, so going into the first, and they bought three players, and the three players were Mitchell Thomas from Tottenham, Mike Small, who was the top goal yep. scorer for mm. Brighton, but in two leagues below, and me, and that was it. So you think going into the top league, they're your three signings, you know, mm. and I was. Obviously on loan and just a, a sort of an afterthought sort of thing. So, you know, we didn't have strength in Did depth. Invest. We had we had some good players in there, but I think you, what you needed is your best players playing. You know, obviously Julian wasn't mm. wasn't available at the start, but you needed your best players playing and, and playing on their game and mm. keeping fit. And unfortunately, we didn't. We 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 just weren't good enough. Yeah, you know.
0: Um, well I mean it's funny like that era of football Billy Bonds keeps his job
1: for the following year I mean yeah. would that happen now probably no, not no no but it was but it, I, I think everyone accepted it and then you had like I said before the Bonds scheme was going on and you had all this stuff with the balloons on pitches you know mm. thousands of them and it was like a, it was like they'd come for the home games it didn't matter how you were playing because all they were interested in was sort of the, this Bonds scheme this protesting yeah. Where actually, not saying that that wasn't the reason we got relegated, but far from it. But it obviously didn't help. Yeah, mm. and yeah. you could understand the the fans' frustration. But it was like every home game, you knew what was coming. Mm. They were coming to protest. Yeah, you know. And uh, unfortunately, that's when you look back, it was a weird season. Really yeah. it was.
0: Following season ninety two ninety three, obviously we we finished second. But I mean, at the start of the season, how much pressure on you to, to to the for the team to return to the Premier League? Was it anything like it is now, for example?
1: Well, no, because it was a change. It, you, like I speak to my my boys, and you go when you, when you actually go, you know, we got promoted into the Premier League. Mm. But in them days, it was really just a change of name. You know, it was the Premier League instead of. Division 1 mm, yeah. so it's it, everyone knew that but after the first season because we got relegated Harry, and they had the first season in it and then you realise well actually you've got the sky coverage mm. you've got um, everything on the back pages everything is purely the Premier League and you sort of think well actually yeah you want to be part of that but I think the Harry coming in with Bill mm. like you said Bill today probably wouldn't have kept his job Um but best thing ever because of just the way he was, he mm-hmm. loved the club, he had the utmost respect from all the players, all the staff, what he was doing right and Harry was just an added, came in and just helped him, helped him on the training grounds, you know, sort of sorted things out and was a good buffer because he was very much mm-hmm. in with the players and um, it, it was a really good time at the club. You know, you had again. You you kept the core of the players. They started, but we we introduced a couple of. We got Mark Robson came in. I think we had Mark Robson on one side, Kevin Keane on the other side, and I mean, we just tore teams apart. Mm. Peter Butler came in from Southend. Clive Allen and Clive Allen, and you just felt it was right. And straight from the first game, you know, I think we I think the first game I wasn't involved, but I think we went to Barnsley or we went somewhere and won convincingly. I think it was on the telly, and you thought yeah we've, we're have we ready getting this momentum mm. and um, you know even though it went to the wire because I think Newcastle won that year but us and Newcastle were by far the best teams in the league mm. yeah
0: um, Harry Redknapp coming in I mean in years to come obviously later on it's going to become really controversial what happens there but did did you think Bill wanted Harry Redknapp to come in as assistant manager or did you...
1: yeah I think so yeah mm. no definitely I think that um you know, he came in. Obviously, he was best man at his wedding. no knew, knew Harry very well. Um, I knew Harry only to speak to really, obviously through Dad. Mm. Didn't know him personally really, um, but came in. Obviously, ex-West Ham as well. Yeah. And there was just a nice feel about the like club. Everyone seemed happy. There was there wasn't any any rifts there wasn't I can't remember a, a real dip in the season like a real slump when everyone was under that pressure of going look we've got to go up mm. um, it just seemed we were very consistent in what we'd done throughout the whole year and obviously that that went through on the results and it just seemed a real happy group and when we went up even though we you know we went up second but it, and it went to the wire you know we had to go to Swind- I think Swindon were up mm-hmm. there as well and Portsmouth and you know, we you know, everyone knows we went into we had Cambridge at home. Cambridge last game. You know, yeah. last game of season. We won that quite comfortably. Um and really it was the the ending of a of a really good campaign.
0: Yeah. Um celebrations afterwards? To, to yeah. round up the troops
1: yeah it was a, It was. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, you tops. can imagine yeah you can imagine what it was like um, it's just a, it was a really good time to be at be at the club because you're, mm. you you're basically winning something and you're playing with your mates yeah. and you're being successful with them you can't ask for any more than that yep. mm. and it was just just seeing people you know do well at what they're doing and and seeing Bill especially after the year before you know seeing Bill be rewarded with a, you know with a promotion yeah. it was just a really good time mm. and um, it was funny because I think we got promoted on the Saturday and then on the on the Monday there was a reserve game and it was a London six sides and we were in the team so we went look whatever you want to do but we have to fulfil both fixtures but so after players went yeah we we'll go to I don't want to play in a reserve game but then you realise well that's at home so you can be at home you know you ain't got to yeah. worry about getting all the way to Wembley and, because mm-hmm. it was at Wembley Arena and you had to get all the way back again and so we just split it up and then we went away Um can't remember where we ended up going end of season Tenerife or somewhere <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably but it was it was just a nice way to end the season Yeah, yeah. And uh, and obviously then it was looking forward to the Premier League which is uh, which is where everyone wanted to be
0: yeah so obviously summer 93 gearing up for the Premier League Julian Dix sold was that a shock at the
1: time yeah I got to I mean I still am but I got I got quite close with Julian and um, got to know him really well and, and close with him uh, good friend and he was um, yeah he came back and he epitomised everything that was right at the club. Mm. You know, you always felt that with him in the dressing room, you 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 had half a chance of winning, and that momentum he took you through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a surprise he left. Personal on a personal front, you know, a mate goes, uh, but when you when you go into a club like Liverpool, I'm sure he didn't envisage going there. Um, but you, you're not going to turn that down. And then we took. Uh, obviously Burrows and David Burroughs and Mike Marsh and both of them were exceptional players yeah. and you know we got some money and, and obviously jiggled it around and had to brought some more players in and but then before you know it, Julian was back. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it wasn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> do
0: you think you think his personality? Obviously, he was the big man around West Ham, and everyone had this respect. And then suddenly going to a club like that, do you think maybe it was a bit jarring for him? Do you think that was a reason he didn't possibly? Last
1: yeah, possibly. I think you know he was he was mad. He was, as in, <laughs> no, when I say that mad in a nice way, you yeah, know, know. he didn't believe in warm-ups. We've, yeah, he wouldn't warm up. It'd just yeah. kick a ball around, wouldn't yeah. It? He I've just wouldn't that. warm up. He wouldn't he wouldn't do any stretching, <laughs> and he'd have a can of coke. <laughs> possibly at half time you know and it's just stuff and you just think but you just let him go yeah. you know because yeah. you knew whatever he'd done it got him right to go because you knew that on that for that 90 minutes you know he'd probably be your best player sort of 8 eight games out of 10 he would be your best player so you know you just let unfortunately not unfortunately you let yeah. players be like that yeah. because they are they, you know, they're unique where you know us we couldn't do that and you know you're thinking of every, everything I've got to get to bed early I've got to eat right mm. I've got to drink right just to get to a level where Julian was just that good yeah that you know it didn't matter then you think how good could, could he have been if, if he had, had been but yeah. you know I'm he, he definitely won't have any regrets <laughs> but uh, you know it's, it was him going and then the two boys coming in from Liverpool just probably probably regenerated yeah. the club again mm.
0: Do you think, like, Julian Dix now, obviously, first-team coach, do you think that in the back of his mind, is like, telling players to do the running that he <laughs> never did.
1: Do you think he was a bit of a hypocrite? Um, I'm sure he looks back, and, you know, and, and does that. But, you know, football's changed so much, and yeah. especially that side of it, the sports science. Yeah, I mean, you go to any club now, the sports science department is massive. Rightly or wrongly, whether there's, you know, they're sort of taking too much of it. But a lot of it is now down to that and, you know, the nutrition side. And if they're not ready to train and they go into this red zone and they've got to be pulled out and all this, where Julian, you know, he won't be worried about that because mm. if they're ready to train and they're out, he wouldn't understand, you know, when he played, like we all did, you just played until you basically, you know, couldn't really run around anymore. Mm. If you're done running, you're done running. You were fucked, and then you went in. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't I've done enough, but it, it it came in when we were towards the end of West Ham because Harry started bringing in. We had a, a crutch of foreign players, and every single one of them really nice, nice foot like people. Mm. They came in, really welcomed in, um, but they were the first group that you sort of started looking and thinking, well, because they wouldn't they wouldn't do the running afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they've done, he had enough training. That's it they would go in and they wouldn't be the ones coming down come on, we're going for a drink down the no mm. they'd still come or they'd go mm. no I've got to go here or no I'm going for a swim we are going no oh, what are you doing mm. but actually you know that was the start of really the the, yeah. the the influence that the foreign players came into into the club yeah yeah um, so
0: obviously so 93-94 we finished safely but I think we finished 13 we finished above Chelsea the FA Cup run for me I think with the highlight well probably a low light in light of what happened yeah. but you played in the third round the fourth round um, but then Luton in the quarter final gutting Scott Oaks
1: yeah yeah I think whenever you get to that third and fourth rounds you know you play and you mm. think you're never thinking right this is our year you play and you just hope you get a nice draw but when you start hitting the fifth round sixth, when you yeah. get you you start thinking here we go actually we've got half a chance here Yeah. you know and if the, and like you say you know you've got Luton and you're thinking right if we can get through this should get through this and yeah. go through um, but you've got to have luck along the way and like I say the, biggest, the best thing probably of that season was yeah we we finished safely no no dramas um, but it would have been nice to have just gone on that that yeah. extra maybe a couple of rounds or at least mm. one more round
0: yeah I mean know. did you feel like maybe we were in with a chance that year or, you do I mean, Luton's a good draw I remember thinking at the time
1: yeah you do but you just need that little bit of luck in mm. on the night and, and it is it's you look back, and I think that's your bigger. You want to be part of it. I was lucky enough to, you know, when we got to the cup final against Liverpool. You know, I went you know, and that's a massive achievement. Yeah. And and you know, any other day we would have won that, and they would have been cup winners. And you know, that's a massive achievement for the club and for the players involved. And you know, different when you play. You always think, yeah, I've got half a chance. Even if you are not involved, mm-hmm. because you know the next round's you know a month away. I could be involved in that one and I think that's the thing is that yeah you play but even when you're not involved you're thinking I hope we do go through because mm. I could be involved in the next round and then it goes on and who knows but yeah you're disappointed when you do get knocked out
0: Mm. In that season, ninety-three, ninety-four, you played uh, in a famous 2 0 victory against uh, Arsenal at Highbury. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. That, where does that sit on your CV?
1: Yeah, I, I was actually fortunate. We, we, uh, I used to have a, we used to do against the Arsenal over yeah. at, at their place anyway. But that was, a, I thought we, it wasn't a, you know, again I look back because I think Martin scored an unbelievable yeah. second goal in that game, and but we would, we were more than a match for them, and. You know, it is exactly that. When you look back on games, it's then games that stand out. And mm. You think, blimey, yeah. you know, we went to the Arsenal and we didn't just beat them two 0 You know, we actually conv- not convincingly beat them, but we were worthy winners mm. of, of, of winning. We weren't hanging on and just yeah. broke. And so you do look back on games like that, and you know, it's, it's nice that you, you can say that you have gone there and, and beaten them.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um, the following season, 94-95, in comes Don Hutchison, a man <laughs> you used to live with, I understand, with Keith Rowland.
1: Is that yeah, right? well, Keith, what happened is that I'd, Harry, uh, this is Harry's idea again, but <laughs> he came in and Keith came up with uh, three other boys from Bournemouth, Matty Holmes, uh, Keith and Paul Mitchell. And basically they were in a flat. And I think Jerry Paynton, as well was there at the time, and they were in a flat in Upminster, and there was you know they were all in it, and it was, it was a yeah it was a three bed flat, but they were you know they were in it and they were all on top of each other, and I got on well with Keith, um, and in the end I said well you might as well come and live with like not live with but you know stay at mine a few times, and, and in the end he did he, he ended up living with me, and it was the same with Arch, Arch came, and. We started seeing more of him, you know, and we'd be going out and sort of would go to the same places and he was on his own, I was on my own really and he he ended up just living with me. <laughs> and but in a nice way, you know, he was yeah. actually good company. Yeah. And then Uh, in the end he he went on and bought a place only down the road Mm. Um, so we moved out he moved out but yeah they were good again just good times because they're good people Mm. and I still speak to Hutch now and uh, he's no no different still mad but he's got a nice way about him again Mm. you know just nice people
0: yeah, yeah. Um, any nights down
1: faces with Don Hutchison? Faces, yeah. You <laughs> name it, <laughs> country club, <laughs> con- epic voice country club. There, you know, Charlie Chance. Yeah, yeah he was there <laughs> was all the Charlie Chance. It was, and then, <laughs> and then later on, you ended up going into you had secrets and Hollywoods, obviously <laughs> oh. in Montford. But oh, it was. was a case of, you know, you, you and then in them days you played and you trained well, and and especially under Bill, you know, he didn't mind you going for a drink. Mm. Didn't wouldn't, wouldn't say encouraged it. He wouldn't say you know get yourself the bat. It'd go out and it it 's it'd, it'd say, um, as long as you don't ever don't come in because of it. So yeah. if we were uh, if you're having a drink on a Sunday or you're playing uh, training Sunday morning or you're training on, on a Wednesday whatever, yeah. if you went out for a drink, he'd expect you to come in training. Yeah. And it was you used to put a black bin bag on and you used sweat to s- just sweat it out. Go home, go and have a sleep and are you ready for the next day obviously they wouldn't condone that now and the, all these sports scientists but that's what you've done in them days
3: mm.
1: and like I say with you know Harry come to me and went about Uch come in you know is it alright if he comes and stays with you and I went yeah of course it is yeah. so you come in so we, you'd end up going out and then you'd end up going together but it was funny because you'd end up Going into training, and Shirley behind the counter used to have all the bin bags, so you'd have oh, can I can have a bin bag, yeah. Good night, was it? Yeah, it was all right, you know. And but in the end, you'd go training, and you, obviously you knew everyone who had been out because of the rustling of the bag, and it got more and it got more, and suddenly you know every Shirley would just leave the bags on top of the thing. Obviously, it, it wasn't every every yeah. night and every training session, yeah. but invariably you know the bags, and then. You ended up getting weaned off it, you got better educated, and, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. and obviously, you're getting older and you can't, your body isn't going <laughs> to
0: let you do it. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, you mentioned foreign players earlier, Mark Reaper comes in. Now, there's a man I can't imagine down chance.
1: you will be surprised. <laughs> 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 no, Reaps, well, Reaps and Slavin came in, and I know Harry took a, quite a bit of stick for his foreign players, but probably the two that that really stand out with with them two. Yeah, Reefer's great. The pair of them were they were so because we were looking at you know Alvin Gailey, massive players for for the club, and did we ever you know talking about Colin Foster came yeah. in, did we ever sort of um, get that sort of player back in that standard that quality of player? Yeah. Well, he did with them two because they mm. were they were players. Um and and good people as well. Again, you know, I keep saying it, but really good people. Mm. And I think that that helped them in the club. And it, it, you know, it wasn't often that you'd get a sort of someone come in and they wouldn't fit in. Harry he was very good at that. He could judge a player, and and it wasn't just purely about how good they were. Mm. it was would they fit into the rest of the group, and yeah. and they did. Mm. Um,
2: I, I, I emailed Mark Reaper actually when you gave me his contact apparently he's, he runs a shop somewhere now yeah in Denmark how oh, does he Denmark yeah. a clothes shop a so shop. I'm trying oh, I right. didn't hear back but I, I, I'm trying to get Mark
0: Reaper <laughs> I'm trying to track him down last I'm seen in a I'm shop like a, in a shop Sam
2: I'm like a shop. hunter and he- do you know if those Nazi yeah. hunters I'm ex-West like <laughs> <West> Ham hunter <laughs> we,
0: found, we found Mark Reaper on his LinkedIn on LinkedIn yeah. alright yeah, yeah, there you go um, a quick word on Harry Reddow so obviously he takes over from Bill 1994 um, yeah. I mean did you did he stab him in the back
1: which was the room? which is you know Bill mentioned on this podcast <laughs> listen I am not going to say what I yeah. what I believe happened and I know it was it wasn't probably dealt in the right way I think everyone's accepts that mm-hmm. and I, as far as I'm aware I don't think they speak now yeah so you know there's whatever way you look at it it hasn't come out no. on either side well mm-hmm. um but yeah, it was it was a funny time. It was pre-season. I remember we had pre-season at um, we're up in Scotland, and we just brought Joey Bochamp, mm. oh, legend. There was another one because Martin, they li- he lived over where Martin Allen was, mm. and Martin brought him in. And Martin used to leave from training re- straight away. Wouldn't eat. He? He'd have he'd have a shower, put his cravat on, and and his, <laughs> and his slippers, and then he'd, dr- he'd go. and we, we were training a few of us lived local stayed local and so we'd hang around the training ground and on that first day he came in and we were going what you know what are you still doing here Mark and he went he's in he's in with the gaffer I went "Uh," he said he's, he said he's made a mistake uh, he didn't realise how far the training ground and we are <laughs> laughing going what he's only, first day first day oh he'd, training, he'd gone in and seen him and from that moment he didn't want to be there <laughs> Uh, he didn't realise the distance and Martin was doing his now because he said I've got to get home for the kids and I'm, it's a long way round the m 25 and in the end it was never going to work oh. so we ended up having a pre-season we went to Scotland and Joey was there and you know everything was and then when he came out apparently it, it, that's when it you know happened about the, yep. you know Harry being in the room with with the Directors, the chairman. Um, but we were up there and pre season we played a few games and you know it, it seemed okay. There wasn't really any mm. any t- m- major issues. Remember Julian though getting injured up there because he stretched. He was forced to stretch <laughs> uh, if you ever get Julian up there and that was up in, in Scotland and he was forced to stretch and he stretched and he got injured. <laughs> and so that was it. Of course, that just let him more. So that stands out and then we ended up coming down and I, th- I believe it was a, it was the last game the penultimate game before the season started mm. and it was down at Portsmouth and we played down there because of the traffic we got down there late yeah, and remember that I was he quickly named the team and I was on the bench and uh, Joey was on the bench as well and in the dressing room you've got the dressing rooms and you've got sort of the showers and the bars but it's all quite tight. You know, they're both really the same size. Well, I was in, in the bathroom just getting my getting my stuff on. All the players were already out there. We were, we were really late getting to the game, and the players just quickly went out there and stayed out there from the warm-up. And I think that they thought, like, you know, there's no-one else in the dressing room. And they pulled Joey, and Bill had, Bill had Joey up by the throat in the dressing room before the game. You know, and I'm thinking, like, 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 do I... I walk out or do I stand still <laughs> am I supposed to be here and uh, and then Harry's behind him and Harry's going no let him go and he was shit, like proper digging at oh Joey really and he said you're going to be warming up basically the whole time you're going to let them them fans will let you know you're not sitting down and sure enough he wasn't allowed to sit on the bed he had to warm up and obviously the fans were, he had already come out he wasn't happy God. he wanted to leave Yeah. yeah. so he was a million pound signing <sighs> So the crowd proper give it to him. Yeah. Um, And then that was on the that was on the Sunday. I believe that was Sunday we played. Uh, I believe we were off the Monday. Then you heard the rumours that actually Bill's not Bill's leaving. Came in Tuesday. Tony Paul Hilton took us. And now bearing in mind this is the week before the season starts. Mm. Paul Hilton took us, and didn't know there was no Bill, no Harry, no one there, and we trained and then Harry came in on the I believe it was on the Wednesday and just said listen um, and Bill had left by then and he said look whoever's in charge I want to wish you all the best you know you've had a good pre-season have a great season ahead of you you know I just want to wish you all well and and that was it and then I believe that was on the, it was on the Tuesday or Wednesday next day Bill was in uh, sorry Harry was in and just carried on training and that was it and you know and then you hear different things and but you know does everybody anyone actually know the truth of how it is you know you'd be wrong to to say it but you know how he brought Frank Senior in Frank Lampard in, and again it, you had that connection of West Ham, and the way Harry worked was was again different to to the way Bill worked. Mm. Frank was now the buffer to be the lad you know, in and amongst mm. the players. He was very good at that, and um, you know you just look forward. Unfortunately, that was football, but it's sour when when you see and hear things yep. like that, and yeah. you know it isn't quite, you know, you you don't want that, especially happening to to someone like Bill.
0: Yeah. Sad way to end. In terms of the end of your West Ham career, it comes in January 1996. And in that month, we also signed Slavin Bilic So as you walk out the door, he comes in. Did you, you ever go. cross
1: paths? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was with. Well, actually, I was there till 97. I was there. Yeah, I had a year with Slavin, mm. Um And, you know, like I said, he came in and uh, he was a lovely big smoker. It's just smoke all the time, <laughs> and you know we'd go out. But now, now it's changed from going down Hollywoods to going to some nice restaurants. So we'd go yeah. out and, and eat, and which was obviously the better, better thing to be doing with yourselves. But you know, you had you had your smokers. Julian was a big smoker, and so was Slaven. <laughs> was a couple of others, you know, and they'd go outside and come back in, or actually, I think you could in, in them days you could still smoke in there. Mm. So you know, there was just a nice. It was more yeah. of a. Continental now feel to the group, um, but it was still good. And mm. like I said, all the, all them the pl- the foreign players that came in all contributed on and off the pitch. they were good, you know, good times. Um, yeah, and that was that was really it. And that was I think that was the season when I was out oh, on loan, I had them you know loan periods
0: yeah which is yeah because yeah, you you played we were just discussing beforehand about several clubs in the space of a, a yeah. year yeah. something that wouldn't happen now you could, I think you can only pay for three in a, in yeah. a year in a season oh, I, but... I racked
1: them up yeah. <laughs> yeah Harry couldn't wait to get me out of the club <laughs> um, no it was it was purely a case of I wanted to play games mm. and uh, I went to I went to Huddersfield I went to uh, Southend uh, Reading uh, and ended up on deadline I was at South End and I was expecting to stay there on um uh, on deadline day and then I get a phone call from Harry and he said, Get yourself back because uh, it obviously it's only down to one two seven and he went I was either to say, look, just go to the ground. I was I was at boots and laces at their training ground mm. and he said, No, uh, Crystal Palace have come in and Palace win the playoffs. So I went, Yeah, okay. You know, I just wanted to play the end of the season mm. and um, so I played I think three or four games for the for West Ham then all them clubs and uh, South End I think we had seven games in, in one month and I think we only lost one of them so I enjoyed my time at South End there was a mm. couple Mike Marsh was there Johan Boer and Ronnie Whelan was the manager and so it was again there was that little feel and it was local it was yeah. sort of you know not far from where I lived and then I went down to Palace and Absolutely loved my time with with Harry Bassett, and we got to the playoff final, and and lost to Leicester in the in the final. Mm. But um, love my time there. Really good club, good people there. And uh, unfortunately, I I think if we'd stay, they said if we'd gone out, then you know they would have signed me, but they didn't, and I ended up then just going back to West Ham. Yeah, you know, and uh, so that was it really for that season. But mm. I think I racked up. Must have been near enough sixty games in the season, so for me it was a really good season, and it was good as well playing for different clubs. Yeah, you know, it's something I look back on, and it is. I'm proud that I've done that.
0: Yeah, in terms of like your post-West Ham career, there's a few notable things uh, <laughs> that go on. <laughs> okay. you, you went you went to Spain to, to manage, right? Um, yeah. CD Javier. Yeah. So it? So yeah. I mean, I was doing my research. You didn't speak Spanish when you when you went no. there, right? So I mean, Nothing. as manager, that, that's pretty tough, right?
1: Well, when I first went to when I first went there, I played. I retired yeah. cause I'd retired because I'd gone to Wales. And we were we were I was in the Welsh Premier League, I was playing manager okay. there with the old uh, Arsenal Peter Nicholas. Mm. Yeah. And he left to go to Swansea, so I took the role and we were in the Champions League and it was brilliant. Great mm. times in down there. Uh club went into administration, so I was doing a little bit of scouting and then I th- and as a family, you know, we had two child two young children, obviously married and we went, What should we do? Do we either go back to Essex mm. or um and then the missus went what well, about going abroad, going to Spain. So we went, all right, yeah, why not? Mm. So ended up finding a club. We, we I'd been to La Manga with football, so like didn't really know Spain as in a, a certain area. Mm. And we just went, and there was a, a club, SV Torrevieja, which was a very British-based club. I mean, they used to get three, four thousand there, which is unheard of. And it was an English president there, um, and got in touch. Went there and ended up playing for a year. So I played played there for a year. But in that time, obviously I'm sitting with all Spanish players. There's no, no English. All Spanish players, Spanish manager, and not understanding one word. <laughs> uh, but we made a conscious decision to learn the language. We felt that we were going to move there and, and have some longevity there. So from day one, we had four lessons a, a week, two hours a day and having that and then working with Spanish people obviously I picked up my my language uh, a lot quicker than my wife the kids were in a uh, in a international school for, for a year useless it was great for the Spanish learning English but yeah. for the English to learn some so we pulled them out and put them in, a, in the Spanish system and best thing we have done you know they're, they're all two of them are well they're fluent now and which is brilliant yeah. and but then I ended up another English president was up at City Harrier who's now the chief exec at uh, Portsmouth mm. so Mark Catlin and he, I met with him he said look we've got a project going here we want to direct to a football um, so I went yeah brilliant so moved up the coast it was a couple of hours up the coast and I mean it was fantastic mm. you know the lifestyle the, the on and off the pitch love my time there and didn't have to you know we were there for six years Mm. And the kids were kids were loving it. The lifestyle. I say you know my my Spanish was was good, and in the end, you know we didn't have to come back. And then, and then Julian gets gets gives me a call because Julian had come out when mm. we were down down in Torre Vieca and he'd moved out as well, but where he had no interest in football and he was doing golf so the warm weather was helping him and he was yep. on a golf course every single day and you can imagine 90 degrees mm. and he's sweating and, and hitting 100, 150 golf balls where I'm in the pole or down the beach <laughs> <laughs> but that's what he wanted you know that's, yeah. that was him and so he was over there for a couple of years then I moved up the coast Julian then wanted to get back into football and sort of was coming back and then got the the Gray's Athletic job in uh, who were in the conference then rung me up and said look I want you to come with me and we just started the season we were three games in we were second in the league and I got the phone call on the Friday and he said look the thing is we want a decision quickly because we, we play it was Stevenage on the Tuesday night so he said look you know come here so I obviously spoke with the family and because it was September the kids had gone back to school yeah. our season had started we were only three games in because they were, they were a month behind and made the decision to come back so I came back for for that year, the kids and stayed over in Spain for a year, and worked with Julian at Gray's. And in hindsight, probably not the right thing to do. It was great because I wanted to work again with a mm. close mate and conference football. But being away for six years, didn't know the history of what was what like with the club. Mm. And in that year, we'd got relegated. To, they they had lost the ground, so within you know in that short period of time what seven eight months basically we had no players we'd gone from full time to to just part time Mm -hmm. and dropped three leagues and so it was disappointing but we sort of we knew you know the owners were good good, and we just said they asked us to stay on and and we did and that was really it we stayed for another year and then after another year which was it, you at Ryman North we didn't know the level we didn't know Mm -hmm. the players and it was just a case of we were sitting there and wasn't right, wasn't right for either for anyone. Mm. So we left and and you know, they then put other people in. Yeah. So that was how I went to Spain and how I eventually <laughs> yeah. came back uh,
0: to Spain. Eventually found your way so, back.
1: Yeah. Uh but, we're running out of time, aren't we? So
0: you yeah. Should, we should we should did. <laughs> just just wanna fire fire for the last couple of questions yes. then from the forum.
2: Okay, DJ Leon said, uh he's the guy who plays the Yeah troops, I know. You know? Yeah. He says do you still listen to
1: his mixes in his car? Yes. In your car. hundred percent yes.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh Claret Dave says since we've had you and Tim Brake as our right backs we haven't really had anyone who's been consistently good for a sustained period who have you rated at right back since
1: um, I thought he was good when he f- the first season he was here was it um Robbie Oh no, Schemel? yeah, Sebastian Schmel. Yeah, Sebastian yeah, Schemel, Yeah, for the first year. Yeah, I think he, I don't know if he won player of the year. He did. Or, yeah, did did he, he did. Yeah, for that one year, I thought he, he looks like a proper right back. Mm. Apart from him, I, mean, I know Thomas Repka played there mm. a few times and. But, no I agree I totally agree with him mm. uh, Dita Xteen, have you ever met a more northern man than Peter Butler no no <laughs> he Next. is in every every aspect <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and then lastly a cryptic one here someone from, called three times <laughs> Ken do you remember the Sunday night lager fest in the Rush Green Tavern Yeah. may have been big hand mows then actually maybe better not to ask that one but do you remember that <laughs> yeah night?
1: Rush Green Tavern on a Sunday <laughs> night yeah uh, used to go down there to one of my jaunts uh, <laughs> Yeah. little places but we used to be again nice atmosphere yeah. used to love a, have a drink there be all done by half ten <laughs> get home uh, get up and get the bin bag <laughs> off Shirley <laughs> on a Monday um, your dad's
2: medals and then I got nicked didn't they? Yeah. have they been, have they been no
1: unfortunately still haven't, haven't surfaced so yeah. um, but they're, they're one of them it, they could turn up yeah. you just don't know when you know yeah they're not here now who knows that tomorrow he doesn't get a phone call and say listen they've been found somewhere or someone tries to sell them who knows because I think you've got to keep Dad's quite um, you know open and philosophical about Mm. it you know if they turn up they turn up obviously you hit him at the time Uh, disappointing really but you know he's now 81 Mm. and you know he's he's sort of he's quite realistic about if he gets him he gets him if not you know, That's good to hear. Unfortunately,
0: yeah. we should say as well. I just saw a picture of your dad today. He is looking good for eighty-one. Does isn't look he? good? Yeah. yeah
1: bet he, he looks better than him. me. Yeah. <laughs> well, whenever I go up and there's you know, if I go sort of go to West Ham, yeah. You know, they always say, you know, he's dad You know, <laughs> Ken Senior, and Ken yeah. Junior. You can't tell the difference. You know, they very much look the same age, but he does look well. And, yeah. and fortunately enough he's in he's, he's in good spirits he's, good. he's in good health so he's fine excellent we'll send
2: him the love from a podcast no we'll do. Um, <laughs> we'll do I just want to mention one thing and be really quick on this because it's a longer subject but we shouldn't go into it so Secret Footballer this week uh, wrote an article in the Independent right. I think it's in the Independent suggesting that uh, West Ham were the most racist fans um, and whenever he played there and you know when players still go there they get a lot of racist abuse now in, I've sat in a lot of sections of the grounds, and I've never... Well, I can't remember when I've last heard any kind of racism,
3: mm. you
2: know, and I don't think most people would accept it now. So I'm quite, I'm quite shocked, if, you know, for this article to come out without yeah. any kind of due diligence, essentially. Mm. And the player who's supposed to be, interestingly, uh, is Kitson, Dave Kitson. Uh, and the last time he played was 2010... Uh, when Pulis kicks him out of Stoke describing him as petulant that's the last time he played for us uh, in 0910 Gnome um, sorted that out for me actually find out those facts so I find it quite staggering I don't know you know what you think and Simon Harlow also backed up that like facts that um, that is allowed to be an art- a journalistic mm. article when well, nice. you know I, do- I wouldn't accept it as a fan I don't think have you ever heard anything no I, can, I, I imagine it's over the years it's happened of course it has it always, there's always some oh. morons but it's not ai can't I don't think mm. I know any West Ham fans who are racist No, nah,
1: I think that's gone that went years ago out of you know socially mm. it's not acceptable and, and rightly so but I've, yeah. like you say I've sat at nearly all the places at the ground and mm. I've never heard anyone anything no. to do you know no. racism so yeah. Dave Kitson yeah, if thanks. you are the
2: secret footballer which I'm pretty <laughs>
0: certain you are
2: so, yeah. so thank you for Matt James Benjamin Simon from Hollow and Lone for giving me those facts but yeah
0: sad nice. anyway um, we should end on We've got it's an international break we've got Spurs uh, away in a couple of weeks Kenny what do you think the score's going to be there
1: um, listen you, we've got to go there and on the form we are away from moment, it just seems that we've got this momentum and I'd love us to be going there especially where we're sitting in the league as well you Know a win there takes us above them, yeah. So, neck and neck, I can, I can see us being, ah. I can see us going there and winning 2 0.
0: Oh. That's why it's so I frustrating. Payette's
1: out, yeah, no, but
0: maybe Song will be back. Hey, very much a lot to look forward to, Kenny. Thank you very much it's for been joining a pleasure, us. Mate. Been You're a on Twitter at KennyJBrown67, yeah,
1: that's right. So, that's where I'm you now. need to
0: go <laughs> for all your news, James. Thank you very much, pleasure. We'll speak to you next week. Got a good guests next week. Uh, more will be, be revealed in the week. I yeah, next guess. two weeks. Yeah, good guests. We've
2: got, we've got a great run of guests. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Great.
0: Thank you so much. All right. Right. Not a problem. Thank no, you no, so I've, much. I've enjoyed it. Thanks. Good stuff. Thanks All right, we'll speak to you next week. In the meantime, on your wines.